1: Thank you for calling the Cobras and Fire podcast. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, we are unable to answer the phone. Press 1 if you're a KISS fan pissed off about some bullshit. Press 2 if we ruined the ending to Tiger King for you. Press 3 if this is Michael Sweet with a record to promote. Press 4 if Elsie rented your RV and returned it with a dead battery. If this is Ron Keel asking if Bako is bringing the beer for the hot tub, don't be like that, bro.
2: One of the things that's definitely being topical right now is sitting at home and streaming Netflix. Um, and so it, uh, the timing couldn't have been better for the release of uh, Tiger King and its, uh, I don't know, feature character, we'll call it. Joe Exotic seems pretty happy. Uh <laughs> It seems like everybody on the planet is watching this thing um, now, except for those people that haven't watched it and want to make sure the world knows they haven't seen it. That kind of deal, um, you know. Here I am, not watching Tiger King. Well, that's good. Anyway, you're missing out. It's it's a fun watch, but I I, uh, I know you're watching some of it. Have
3: you made it all the way through yet? I I have not. I'm at I'm at three and a half episodes. Okay, so I just want so I'm going to comment on that so far. And also, I'll let you know if you have not seen this. There's not going to be. We're not going to give you any spoilers on it. We're going to just talk about. I'm Egypt. not sure how you could spoil it, but uh, yeah, well, that's true because yeah, it actually it, does kind of d- tell you the ending, <laughs> the beginning for the most part, right?
2: It, yeah, I mean, we'd have to literally break down every episode to tell you what happens, but yeah, it's
3: the,
2: the, the suffice it to say, we'll get into some of the details, but they're they're not going to probably ruin
3: anything if you haven't seen it. That's true. Yeah, but but essentially, this this show, Tiger King. I wouldn't have known it. It's one of these things that you're almost forced upon through social media. Like, I don't think I would have watched it unless I kept hearing about it. Like, I thought pop up mm-hmm. on, on Netflix is like, hey, look at this. of the 100 shows we upload a day, basically, of new content. But then I kind of ignored it. I'm like, holy shit. And I go, I have to watch this. Agreed. And one of the reasons it's appealing, obviously, is it's kind of like watching all those things about Florida Man or some Jerry Springer character or everybody is just a train wreck, right? It's a, it's a show of unredeeming characters. Would you agree? Yeah. And I'm just amazed at the fact that I don't know the story about uh, the lady in Tampa um, and the disappearing husband, because I was in there for, for 10 years and, it, and it's, not, it's not like it wasn't that far away. So I'm just amazed that I don't know this. Did you know anything about Joe Exotic or anything before this no, came out? No. Okay. Because apparently there's an entire podcast called Joe Exotic 2.
2: Yeah, but isn't that uh, kind of related to this? Or are
3: you talking about his video show? He has a video show, but there's actually a podcast about this his entire story that came out before this too. Okay, I'm just saying there's all this seems like right up, definitely my alley. Okay, of of entertainment and stories to know. So uh, I just find the whole thing quite fascinating.
2: Well, when I started watching it, and I would I would encourage anybody who hasn't seen it when they do start watching it, you get into the first cast of characters. Um, and, and once you do, watch the first episode and then take the tigers out of this thing. And we'll get into the show synops- synopsis here in a second. But just l- think of these people and if you met them on the street or in a Walmart, like what turns out a lot of them hang out at. Um, <laughs> uh, ask yourself this question. After meeting this person for one minute and then you were immediately asked, do you think this person should own a tiger? Yes or No. And then you'll kind of start to see the overall, like, why is this legal? How can this, this guy has a fucking tiger? Or Uh, 50 of them? And I say that about all of the people that are the main characters. Um, So, yeah, the,
3: the show is, but you want me to get into a show synopsis or you want to do it? No, but I think I should go back to your whole thing is I think every time you should meet somebody going forward, you should think, <laughs> show this person, no matter who they are, show this person a tiger. Cobra hack. And they, That's the Cobra hack. And the answer every time is no <laughs> for
2: for everyone. Wouldn't you agree? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know too many. I don't think I've met too many
3: people that have thought, yeah, he's probably, he can, he can have a tiger. <laughs> that guy. That guy should have a tiger. Mike Tyson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's never a good idea. Yeah. What's going to the psyche of that? I mean, who who makes that leap, right? Have you? Yeah. I mean, you're a guy that likes cats. Would you take it next level? No. Uh, they're they're really trying to get people to adopt
2: cats, and we talked about adopting one more, you know, just to kind of because so, the animal shelters are going to be kind of less staffed. And I'm like, no, we don't need one more. I don't
3: even want another oh. cat right now, much less a fucking tiger. I'll, I'll tell you one thing about about that. It, that's the exact reaction that that I had too. Is when I the the second day that I moved to Florida. Okay, I'll go into a fl- quick Florida man <laughs> story. Is is one one th- one news uh, part that's quickly gone over in the first episode, which is not a spoiler at all. Is there's a thing called Lion Country Safari mm. in West Palm Beach. Okay, it's one of these places, that, but that's that's more legit than 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 these have now. There's but there was an article or, or a news on the five o'clock news. There is a, a feature on a guy that used to play Tarzan in the 50s and 60s. He was an actor. And um, he was killed by one of his lions that he owned. And they had a picture of him. And he was like in a (laughs) loincloth, okay? (laughs) He's a 7 year old man on a rope, like swinging. He actually thought he was still Tarzan. He owned 18 lions. He owned 18 lions. And one of them killed him. And he slept with them every night. And this was a guy that was just like maybe 10 miles down the road near this Lion lion Country Safari. That's Florida man for you, but my point is, it's more widespread than you think. And that guy wasn't even featured in the show, but that place was. Um,
2: so for uh, people who haven't seen it, just so you know what we're talking about, it's a uh, Tiger King is a Netflix show that came out a couple weeks ago. It features a rivalry between some big cat. Ex- I don't know weirdos. Um, one of the main characters is a guy named Joe Exotic. Uh, uh, he's a gay polygamist uh, with uh, two supposed hetero husbands. Uh, he's also a gun enthusiast. And, I don't know, he, he likes mullets. And, uh, I don't know, there, there's all... Uh, well, what about the guy, what
3: about the other guy? Uh, there's a lot of polygamy. The other guy... Well, I know, well yeah, there's a couple different polygamies,
2: but uh, there's only right. one gay thruple where two of the three people are <laughs> heterosexual. I forgot that term.
3: I love that term, thruple.
2: Um... <laughs> But throupling uh, yes. is what they call it in Oklahoma, I think. Uh, yeah, you, you know what? So it revolves largely around Joe Exotic and his zoo and a, and a woman named Carol Baskin. She doesn't like all these other zoos because she thinks that they're not properly caring for the tigers in, a, in an element close to what their natural habitat would be. She runs a big cat res- rescue. And I will say this in the first episode, she seems like the one voice of reason. By the end, she's definitely portrayed in a way that... She- <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel that way. I don't know if it's fair or not, because it could all just be clever editing the way they get into all sure. that stuff. And whether or not Joe uh, paid someone a few thousand bucks to to kill her. Um, there's that guy in Georgia, I think, Bagot, I'm looking at his name here, Bhagavan Antel. He calls himself not, Doc. He's a doctor right. like Dr. Dre yeah. is. Um, yeah. And, of course, Carol Baskin's current husband, Howard, is a nice... Piece of man
3: candy. How about that toothless (laughs) meth head who's one of Joe's husbands? Well, that's what I was going to say. Is is it for for a throuple? The good thing about their throuple is they have one set of teeth between between all of them together. (laughs) I think there's only the one that's losing them, right? (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter. Somehow the math works to my to my joke.
2: probably not a household name but uh, he is uh, the lead singer from the band Little Caesar. They had a little bit of a, uh I don't know a blast in like 1990 91 just as things were kind of turning the tide but they um they came out of that whole scene. They were oh kind of their image was more grizzly like Guns and Roses but uh no, they that, were definitely
3: kind of I like their their debut Pizza Pizza I
2: enjoyed. <laughs> okay. Um he uh posted on Facebook a breakdown on why he doesn't think we're going to see bands touring even that soon um if you like i can just kind of hammer through his uh his post he makes you know he, certain points highlights them um and it's pretty detailed if you want me to get into please it? i love details yeah. all right so this is from ron young lead singer of little caesar um he says until there is an effective treatment or vaccine for corona don't ever expect to see a live touring band in your city for one, doctors say the current self-isolation is just to flatten the curve, not to end the existence of corona. It would be around and in all pockets all over the world. The advanced planning will mean a tremendous gamble to book shows months ahead, and no one will know the level of the disease prevalence in every city and market as it comes up. Those variables prevent advanced planning commitments, and both financially and logistically. Um, His second point is smaller venues will shut their doors permanently as they can't pay rent or staff while we try to find a treatment or vaccine. Even if we end isolation, the nervousness of patrons to pack into a smaller venue for an already struggling sector won't be able to thrive. Third, he says touring bands book runs the shows months out. No promoter will take a chance on enough of a guarantee for a band to organize tours as they don't know when a pocket of infection will start up again. That's a gamble almost every band can't afford to take. All right. Then he gets into fans who are worried about congregating into tight quarters due to age, pre-existing health conditions, lower draws, guarantees of box office success. Most bands won't be able to afford to tour under that duress, and reality is every promoter will offer smaller guarantees with a higher percentage of the gate of the night if it winds up being successful. Very few bands can afford to travel you know, with hotel crew expenses and not have a good draw, that kind of deal. Uh, five, bands are well, bands that are worried about the lack of control over venues, cleanliness, local outbreaks, high traffic areas, and venues where they come into contact night after night with potential won't want to risk getting ill. Say goodbye to meet and greets. Many bands need that revenue and extra VIP charge just to make it profitable. Six, large venues won't be able to lar- have large congregations of people packed in on each other until they find a treatment or vaccine. Say goodbye to live sports. They can't risk the liability and exposure. Number seven, besides the venues themselves, the miles traveled, the exposure to every restaurant, truck stop, the ebb and flow of this all over the world until a treatment or vaccine is found will make bands very nervous, factor in the financial gamble, and most won't be able to overcome the obstacles and logistics and finances. Look at how many artists have canceled their bigger tours already. Most ex- experts agree that it will surge in the fall. And he's talking about the virus there. The randomness is makes pre-production a liability. Eight, Hope for the best, but plan for the worst is the current mantra in all of this. It's the latter that will put live touring on hold until there is a breakthrough. There are too many moving parts to tour. And he ends it with nine saying, until every band and crew member tests positive for the antibody, which means they have some immunity, the anxiety will be too great, especially for the older rockers. Um, and then he just says, tell me where you think I'm wrong and why you disagree. And that was in a Facebook post yesterday, uh, February 5th.
3: Hey, First, we should say that uh, Ron from Little Caesar not a doctor. No,
2: nope, yeah, that, that point. Uh, just like uh, Vic from uh,
3: uh, Little Spain. <laughs> Spain's got their own fucking issues I'll, right now. I'll, yeah, I'll also not a doctor. But I just want to see. I would love to see. Unlike a uh, first off, a lot of great points in that in that statement. I do want to yeah, see very doom and gloomy though. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I I, I just want to see parts of that quoted on like Fox News where it just credits it to Ron lead singer of Little Caesar.
2: (laughs) 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 I know Fox News told me that tomorrow they're going to reopen everything.
3: I I think he's, I think that's, that's, that's valid. I think it's going to be, be longer. So that's my whole thing is that I, like I've talked about before, my utopian uh, view is I hope that we appreciate, be it music, sports, whatever entertainment or social interaction. I think we, I hope that we appreciate it more after this. We'll see if that happens or not, but, uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I guess if, if, if you want to, uh, a counterpoint there are experts that say um there are certain models that they, they can start predicting things and maybe they can um uh th- the hope would be that you could isolate certain more at risk groups and um and and for others it could be more of a return to some sort of normal normalcy i don't know if that's pie in the sky i also am not a doctor <laughs> um, I, I, I try to watch a little bit of news coverage every day, but not too much. Yeah. Um, uh, be, just because for the mental aspect of it. But at the same time, I, I try to stay educated on what's happening. Um, um, and uh, I am convinced this is not a media hoax. Uh, so uh, I, I hope people really don't go down some of these conspiracy theories. That, that we're, there was a guy who drove a train off the tracks intentionally trying to crash into a boat one of the Navy ships because he doesn't he believes this is all a conspiracy of some sort no and so conspiracies can be damaging and and have real-life ramifications so let's let's try to be educated not look for a reason why we're being lied to and, and instead look at what's happening around the world and, and take it a little seriously and like you said let's you know let's let's, let's appreciate the art that we do have
4: Sunshine, blue skies. Happen. I know to you it might sound strange, but I wish it would Come mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so badly.
5: To do something nice for people to make a difference in their lives, man, I'm all about that. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work for you for free. You're not gonna come to my house and lay carpet for free. You're not gonna change the oil in my truck for free. Everybody's got a job and everybody's got a price. I've got a job and I've
2: got a price. Uh, I've been harping on that on this podcast. I think since we started, there's got a, we have to figure out a way to get some of that streaming money to the artists. Um, I'm tired of the, the the services and the labels pointing fingers at each other. The reality is, the money's there. Um, it is ridiculous, and if you care about music, you, you should play a role and and if he uses stuff use it to check stuff out and then buy it um that's that's been my standard like
5: yeah yeah the whole podcast thing that is a, a topic that i haven't been able to address with with you or any of my fellow podcasters now you use music in your podcast or mm-hmm. you did right
2: yeah um Spotify kind of they jerked all the shows off that used music. Um,
5: Yeah, because I I saw I saw that, and I have I'm a fan. I listen to your show, but I know the different platforms Spotify, iTunes, things like that. Uh, They 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 have cracked down on that, and there's been times when I've signed a waiver for Mm -hmm. podcasters to give them permission to broadcast. My music, but how does Spotify or iTunes know that I signed that waiver and gave you yeah. permission to play my stuff? So
2: it gets sticky. It,
5: yeah, it is, um, and yeah. using the unlicensed music is a double-edged sword because it does, you know, it does give the artist exposure, but it is property that. You can't use without my permission. Mm -hmm. It's like my front yard. You can't come pitch a tent in my front yard and just sleep (laughs) if you want to. That's my yard. Now, it's my property. Now, if I give you permission to use my property to pitch your tent and sleep, spend the night, then that's cool. But it's property, and so many people don't see it as such. Now, YouTube, what is up with that? You can put anything. There's people that have my entire album's. You can go to YouTube. I guarantee you can find any album I've ever done on YouTube yeah. and listen to the whole thing top to bottom without permission. Uh, there's bootleg T-shirts everywhere, man. You go on eBay. You get some really cool Ron Keel and Keel swag. But And there's nothing we can do about it. There's absolutely there's – people are making – I don't know how much money they're making, but they're using our property – To generate revenue, and we're not going to ever see anything from it. And, you know, it's always been the case. It was that way back in the 80s when our T-shirt guy, half their job, they'd sell T-shirts at the gigs, but the other half of the job was chasing down bootleggers. You know, they would Mm -hmm. literally, they would run... Through the parking lots, and if you had like, <laughs> we've got, I've got a great collection of bootleg shirts. I've got a, I've got a bootleg shirt from the Dio tour. Or they spelled my name wrong. It's Keel. K E E L E. Man, if you're going to bootleg my shit, could you at least spell my name right? Come on, man. So, but uh, I digress. I don't even remember what we're talking about. Uh, I just enjoy yeah, the conversations we
2: like, yeah, with you. Yeah, no, I always love talking to you, Ron. Um, well, let's talk about the, you know, hey, I had a real quick question on Metal Cowboy. Or, yeah, Metal Cowboy record. I picked that up on vinyl, I don't know, a couple years ago. I, I always wanted to bring up the three chord drinking song because that was clearly not tracked traditionally. Now, it, it I, am I right that basically it sounds like it was it was a live recording with almost an overhead mic of some sort? How was that? That
5: is correct. Okay. And by the way, you can watch that entire session <laughs> on guess where? <laughs> Patreon.com slash Ron Keel. Patreon. A one,
4: a two, a one, a two, a three.
5: three chords in the truth a guitar and a woman who needs a little loving and a bottle of 90 proof a good song is like a gift from heaven so thank god i know jimmy now let's crank it up to 11. And play a redneck symphony this is my three chord drinking song i'm making up as i go. Sing
6: along with my three core drinking
5: songs. I sing three core drinking songs. Been a party till the money's come. Stumble into my house now. Write another three core drinking
3: song. Hey! Prepping for this episode is Bob. An un-rock name, but Bob Halligan Jr. is one of the songwriters on this. And they use a lot, a big variety of songwriters on this, I think more than, than normal. Um, and But to tell you more about Bob Halligan Jr., I am going to turn it over to professional Wikipedia reader Chris Sinzak of Decibel Geek. As a songwriter, Halligan has contributed songs to two albums by heavy metal band Judas Priest. Take These Chains from 1982's Screaming for Vengeance and the single Some Heads Are Gonna Roll from 1984's Defenders of the Faith. Halligan also worked extensively with the hard rock heavy metal band Kix beginning in the mid-1980s, when he co-wrote most of the songs on the band's third album, Midnight Dynamite. Incidentally, one of the most successful songs he has ever written is Kix's near-top-ten hit, Don't Close Your Eyes, and my favorite Kiss song ever, Read My Body. God damn it. People say I'm crazy
6: Save me from around When I say that I'm okay You look at me kind of strange Surely you're not happy now You no longer play the game Advice designed to enlighten me When I tell them that I'm doing fine watching shadows
3: Still, I haven't changed anything. I think it's it's mm. good as is. And that is we go right into Betrayed, mm. which, my God, this is basically 1989 Deuce. It is just oh. straight on, you know, uh, it is the, the the drums, just the relentless riff going through the whole thing. We've got a great solo, you know... Uh, uh, Gene drops an f bomb. You pay your taxes. You pay the rent till you haven't got a cent. Why is TurboTax not picked this up? It's, it's like a, a song that they play on their commercials.
2: And it the, continues the um, uh, the tradition of Gene just kind of using like bumper sticker catchphrases as lyrics. You know, uh, it's a law of the jungle. If you got the
3: hunger, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Hey. Love it. You you see a rising star with the <laughs> songwriter of Tommy Thayer being a co-writer. Gene
2: used to You've pick got... Paul up at the therapist office, and he would just look at the signs on the wall and then take
3: them home and write <laughs> use them as lyrics. You know what? Somehow these bumper stickers all blended to some uh, just a glorious song for me. You got uh, your backs against the wall, yeah. nobody gives a fuck. I wish this song. I think if this song and this goes to a lot of the songs on this album was produced better. They would be loved more, but I just think this song has, is the first attitude I've heard from Gene from 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 probably since Look It Up. That kind of just like like fuck you. I love the vibe of the song. It's my number two. It's a great one-two punch. What say you, Baco?
2: Well, it was co-written by Tommy Thayer, who at the time was uh, working as Gene and Paul's groundskeeper.
6: I thought I was the chosen one But time went by and I found out a thing or two My shine wore off as time wore on I thought that I was living out the perfect life But in the lonely hours when the truth began
2: what I kind ain't of stuff we want to get into today, man? We have all sorts of shit to talk about.
3: We need to inform the public the mm-hmm. important things that that's going out, uh, going on in pop culture, and of course in the music industry. Correct? Correct. Uh, but
2: we do have to get get a beef out of the way here. Oh, yes. That's true. As most of the listeners know, a few months back, we did a Hot in the Shade episode, and it was uh, widely acclaimed, uh, highly mm-hmm. praised. Yes. Um, I, I, Paul Stanley talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't. But uh, no, we got a lot of great... F- that was another one that got a lot of buzz uh, for us. But yeah, so what we did is that we didn't just break down Hot in the Shade. We did, we did a two-part episode. Where we basically resequenced it, we each picked our own sequence, and we, we, we ran through each track, and then uh, we we eliminated I think four songs each, and turned out a oh no we five songs each yeah we turned out a ten track album, and once once the uh, the episodes were out, we also kind of to to engage the audience we threw out a poll like. This is the, the 10-track record I did, which was called Baco in the Shade, and yours was named Loose in the Cannon. So, yeah, we, we put up a little poll where, where people could vote on my 10-track, perfectly sequenced record, and your far inferior uh, version. Uh, I think it was like two songs different. <laughs> what, what, once again, it's a uh,
3: uh, hot in the cannon. Hot in the cannon. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a
2: loosen uh, the cannon is more. Yeah, okay. just, uh,
3: the, Google just that. A variation of a, That's just a variation of my name. Loosen the cannon, which is not something that you oh, want to loosen the cannon. <laughs> is that what I said? <laughs>
2: yeah. Was I want to. The... I want to go with that. Let's go, go. Go ahead. Go to UPorn and hit loosen the cannon. Please do. Yeah. All right, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, uh, so a lot of fun. It was a it was a great episode. It was it was good to get all the feedback.
3: Yeah. Do you know how you get loose in the cannon? <laughs> uh, well, how do you get loose in the cannon? Oh, you, first, you need to find a green manalishi and a three pronged dog.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> for you, priest fans. Yeah. A little drop there. All right. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> all you. Perverted 12-year-old priest <laughs> friends. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, right. I'm raising my hand right now. But yeah, so uh, it, it was great. It was really cool. Uh, you know, we, we dip into the Kiss Well once in a while. We are not a, an exclusive Kiss podcast, but there are many of them out there, as you know. And mm-hmm. about a month later, another show... Basically, did the exact same thing, everything to the T. Too, they they had a poll of, uh, hey, vote on this guy's list and this guy's list and this guy's list, and they actually did they resequence it. Did they resequenced re-sequence it, it, it. They oh. they dialed it down to ten tracks. Theirs was you know horribly sequenced, but uh, I only accept mine, uh, so uh, <laughs> they shouldn't take that too personally. Uh, sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can educate them on that they they they, they took it a step further loose and and it, this is where the this is where the rub is. They acknowledged that we did it before they did it and that they were kind of taking the idea from us and that's fine we're all friends here but they would not even mention us by name they we the whole time we were credited as
3: another show. What? Another? What is this? The 1980s when you're you're comparing detergents on a commercial and it's brand A and brand B? Yeah, and they got like a black sticker across our face. Yeah. No, come on. Listen, we're influenced by their shows, but we acknowledge them. Come on, man.
2: Yeah, how hard is it to say, uh, yeah, uh, Baco and Loose Cannon talked about this over on Cobras and Fire. Uh, go check that out because it's far superior than what we're about to do. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I That's not all bad. I'm asking. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm not even sure I want to mention their name now. I kind of want to be petty about it. I don't know. What do you think? Is this a show where one of the hosts doesn't think that sequencing is important. Me, 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 there, it, Yes, there is a member of, the, the, of this uh, KISS podcast that doesn't think sequencing is important.
3: Now, is this also a show where if the host all of a sudden... Need to leave town and had a go bag that would be a, a vinyl record player. He could just fold in half and go <laughs> a dusty fold over
2: top uh, vinyl. Yeah, turntable. Yeah.
3: Oh, you're talking about podcast Rock City. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah, you cracked the code. Yeah, those motherfuckers, those sons of bitches, and and they 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 claim at the beginning that they had actually thought about doing that long before ours came out. <laughs> but once ours did come out, they decided to wait, and they only really waited like a month. I'm like, yeah. honestly, if you would have done it at exactly the same time or a week later, I would have had a much easier time believing that you were already, you already had that sucker locked in. But to me, Do you know, they yeah. they literally stole it. They did not think of that on themselves. I'm calling them out. <laughs> Yeah, Brian May hurt his butthole gardening. I didn't really get the detail. <laughs> is that the
3: actual? like the actual headline. <laughs> Brian May hurts butthole while gardening. The, he's the butt of jokes now. He really, he really is. Well
2: done. <laughs> this is—I uh, don't know—from about a week ago, something like that. It doesn't really matter. This is a timeless, timeless kind of news piece. It really is. I use it to, to read it to my daughter
3: every night before
2: she goes to bed. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he uh, landed in the hospital after a uh, pretty severe injury from a gardening mishap. I'm still not sure how. I'm, tr- I'm trying to picture this, but uh, here I ripped. Here's his quote: "I ripped my gluteus maximus to shreds in a moment of over enthusiastic gardening." What the fuck is that? <laughs> he, is that a euphemism? Am I missing something? I it is, this
1: the, is this, this the song.
3: Pickering snowshoe? It might be. <laughs> the, the Pickering Snowshoe, is that what you said? Is yeah. that what the move is called? Yeah. Okay. So. Over-enthusiastic gardening. Uh, Gluteus Maximus. Uh, is that the whole quote? Yeah, well,
2: he says he finds himself, suddenly I find myself in a hospital getting scanned to find out exactly how much I've damaged my butthole. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he does not say that.
2: He, he said myself, I threw in butthole. Okay. Um, He reassured his 2.4 million followers. Why would you tweet this out? Uh, Yeah. Like, hey, everybody, just wanting you to know somehow I fucking ruptured my rectum gardening.
3: (laughs) Just give me an update in case you're thinking uh, how how are my rock stars doing this weekend.
2: The best part is the next line. Please yeah. please don't send me sympathy. I think we're we're doing okay there. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to heal for a while, but uh, my god, and then, then like seeing his old gray curly long hair pop out of a mask
3: that he's wearing, you know, cuz this is why this is why you don't allow famous people to tweet period like uh you shouldn't it, when you're when you're I guarantee he was on some kind of a uh, painkiller a lot of painkillers when he did that
2: uh, what kind of painkiller do you need before you start gardening and, and what
3: what well, tools was he i'm using? saying i'm saying he tweeted he tweeted he was on painkillers when he tweeted that from the hospital oh sure yeah he all oh, oh, he's up. all
7: like looped up yeah he's like yeah he's all looped up he's like i need my fans to know about my butt <laughs> comes out of it delete that <laughs> exactly, that's uh,
2: right. Man, I don't know. Like, what, what, I, I'm trying to picture, like, you know, t- I think of gardening. I think, like, of, you know, growing up with my mama on her knees and, like, this, like, tiny little plot of dirt, you know, and just kind of kind of digging little trenches and dropping seeds in there. Are, yeah. Know, um, but maybe it means something different. Like, maybe because he's probably got a nice spread. Maybe he's actually, like, got a tiny farm and, um, I don't know, kind of like losing your virginity riding a tractor. Uh, it just... Something weird happened. I don't know.
3: No, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, the 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 uh, the English way of gardening is you. There's a there's a big run up and a jump when you use your trowel to to get that to get that dig. It's a he, whole. It's a he, whole just
4: thing. <laughs> he just missed. He
3: just missed. You missed putting the daffodils. I mean, it just, it, but yeah. I mean, obviously, this thing reeks of Spinal Tap. I mean, that definitely sounds like one of the one of the drummer deaths or whatever. You know, from from it, right? Was that wasn't that one of the things from it? Was a gardening mishap with one of the deaths of the drummer? Oh, uh, they would
2: spontaneously combust, is my understanding.
3: Yeah, there's a couple, but uh, but my lord, I mean, come on, man. If you're a rock star, first off, if you're a rock star, I don't care. We, we we did some we did some lands. If you're a man, you don't call it gardening; you call it landscaping. That's what I did this weekend.
7: I think
2: maybe it was just a a really, really bad shark. Death Angel was in Europe on tour, I think with Testament, during the, the, the initial outbreak of coronavirus. And okay. I know Chuck Billy came back with it. And uh, apparently the the drummer from Death Angel did too. And he actually got, it was pretty severe. He was put into a coma. Anyway, one of his uh, uh, things that he came out of the coma with, uh, with a bit of an enlightenment about was that he no longer thinks Satan is cool as he used to. <laughs>
3: Which is a side effect of COVID.
2: Yeah, you would think. <laughs> no. While in a coma, Carol said he had dreams of visiting the afterlife. He saw himself leave his body and plummet down to hell, where Satan, of course, lives. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the way, in his uh, the um, coma brain, Satan was a woman. Ooh! Boom! What that- if God was one of us, man? <sighs> I don't think that's
3: ever been disputed.
2: It's a woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Satan, of course, uh, she punished him for the deadly sin of sloth. Morphing him into a <laughs> <hold> on, <laughs> Morphing him into a job of the hut like monster who vomited blood until he had a heart attack. I woke up in the hospital bed with tubes coming out in and out of me, and there was a nurse right there, and my first words are, Am I still in hell? She of course the nurse ignored him, bitch. She probably was the <laughs> devil. So here's one thing. Are tubes when you have tubes connected to you, are they going in or coming out? Coming in and out, doesn't that imply like it goes in the mouth and comes out like a different hole?
3: There's some hole
2: yeah. involved, yes. Like maybe the bomb. I'm not a but well, not a doctor. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh anyway, uh the job of the hut like monster, what uh you know. The Indians used to think that peyote took them to the spirit world, and we now know it's just the effect of the drugs on the brain. No, I've seen, I've seen Young Guns. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> did you see Young Guns, too? And
8: I'm all gravy Hey, flavor.
2: man, do you see the size of that chicken? <laughs> did,
8: did, did you guys see something?
2: chicken when it comes to satan and music you know i i always found in my own experience that a a certain moment of enlightenment hit me when i realized you can't accidentally worship the devil in other words playing a record you you can't sell your soul if you're not actively pursuing it it's not gonna you're not gonna get you're not gonna trip on something and suddenly become satanic do you obviously know why michael sweet uh shared this he's thankful to have uh another guy on his side now
3: He's converting people over to Christianity one COVID coma at a time.
2: <laughs> yeah, now you know why. Like you know, he has kind of like more uh, I don't know right wing views on on how to handle this. We should just open everything up, get people into COVID comas. Hopefully, they're all
3: Satanists and they come out loving the Lord. But uh, Ooh, so what? So now that is the conspiracy against COVID. COVID is a is 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 a Christianity ploy to make the devil not cool. And to increase mm. church going and donations, that's what it is. I'm starting it. That, that has as much plausibility as the other ones, so I'm going to start this one. Pretty soon yes, they're going to start me? making me say Merry Christmas. Oh, damn, you're right. Ooh. Oh, boy. Uh, this this world. I have to tell you, the thing that I liked the most about the article was if you could read exactly what it said, how the writer thought thought about the <laughs> nurse. Can you write that? Can you read that part? I, I thought that part was the funniest part, where it says like you have to be a pretty chill nurse to take.
2: Oh right, yeah. yeah that it, it, the, the line from the story is: it takes a very professional nurse to take a patient rambling about hell in stride. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean.
3: Just like whatever next. Oh, I don't care man. about your job of the hut, a blood spewing story. Well, I it, like it. The dr- I should mention the
2: drummer's name. I just we just been calling him Death Angel drummer. Uh, drummer. Uh, yeah, drummer. 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 Uh, fuck, I can't even find it. They don't even put it in the story.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They don't? They just put Death Angel Drummer?
2: Yeah, the headline doesn't even mention his band. It's Thrash Metal Drummer Awakens from Coronavirus. Koba doesn't think Satan is that cool
3: anymore. Do you see? That is the respect of of journalists in heavy metal. Right there. That's all you need to know. If this was actually like a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whatever. If this was Taylor Swift, <laughs> the story would name check Taylor Swift. thing Job of the Hut. Oh man, I wish
2: Taylor Swift wouldn't think Satan was cool anymore. Uh, yeah. His name is Will Carroll, um, but uh, he uh, the the experience does have him reevaluating some things, you know, like his relationship with Satan. But mm-hmm. just don't don't freak out, people. He's still going to listen to satanic metal. He hasn't lost his fucking mind. I mean, he okay, still good. loves Deicide and bands like that. But uh, okay, as okay. for his personal life, uh, what he went through, I don't think Satan's quite as cool as I once did. He's just kind of a dork now.
3: No! I mean, I, mean, I <laughs> guess, I guess if, if, a, if a guy you thought was pretty cool turned you into a slothy creature <laughs> like that, you might have second thoughts about yeah. your relationship what, with him, I guess.
9: What a dick. When I was five years old, I walked out of church and got hit by a car. I suffered a brain concussion and was put in the hospital. Many friends and relatives visited me there and brought lots of cool presents. Then Reverend Mackenzie came, bringing a boring coloring book of Bible stories. I thought to myself, if this man is in touch with God, would he bring such a lame present? No way! My mother says I was never the same after that day. Religion ruined my life, hallelujah! Religion ruined my life. I'm traumatized, permanently scarred, by religions When I was 12, my family switched churches because the one we were attending wouldn't admit black people. In Sunday school I would ask questions like how did they fit two of every species on that boat? There are no boats that large. The minister told my parents he's causing doubt. I became the first child to be expelled from the church. When I realized my religion wouldn't let blacks in and would kick a boy out, it set me on a path of antisocial behavior which landed me in jail within three years. Religion ruined my life, hallelujah! Religion ruined my life. Well, I'm traumatized, permanently scarred, hoist by religion's guitar. As an adult, I thought I was safe from religion, but when I was 26, my wife took all the money I saved from years of touring with the Violent Femmes, and went into hiding in Jamaica. I didn't see my young son for five months. She came under the spell of a Rastafarian con man, and the money disappeared. We're divorced now. She's into Hindu, and says she's raising my four-year-old boy to be a great spiritual leader. Religion ruined my life. Hallelujah. Religion ruined my life. Well, I'm traumatized, firmly scarred, oozed by religion's retard. Religion.
10: Like I said, Sun Studios, probably my favorite. Such a thrill to record there. And probably the number with the birthplace of rock and roll is what they call it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many great studios. Uh, you got Chess Records in Chicago, where, like, a lot of the blues and uh, Chuck Berry kind of came from. You have, you have Stacks as well. Stacks in Memphis is kind of the other side of the tracks of Sun Studios, where Sun was like rockabilly. had Stacks, which was like soul music in Memphis. Uh, we're talking more soul music. You have Muscle Shoals in Alabama. You have uh, Motown up in Detroit, Hitsville, USA, right? So, you know, just so many studios were able to just ha- capture a sound and all these artists that came out of that su- studio had kind of a similar sound, right? Uh, so I, ju- I just love that stuff. I love the historical nature of being in these places where this great art, this great music was created, right? So, you know, one day I kind of want to put a, a, like a, a list together, a road trip and maybe try and hit some of these tours and museums, you know, all over the, all over the, the continent at least, you know, Capitol, Capitol Records in Los Angeles, all, the, all those legendary places, you know?
2: I was going to ask you that. You said you've been to Sun Studios at least, you know, a dozen or more times. Have you? Yeah. Have you had a chance to check any of these other ones out?
10: Not really. Like, I've been to Stax, obviously. Stax is close to Memphis. But uh, the other ones, I haven't. I have a buddy that went to Motown, Hitsville, USA. That's actually just a house, right? Like, it's a house in a, in a, a neighborhood <laughs> a in what? Detroit. Yeah, a house. What? A house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, they just kind of turned this house into a recording. <laughs> studio. What are <you're> you talking about? <laughs> that was what? finally.
3: It's like. Well, how do like, you say yeah. house?
10: That's how you say. What do you say? House. 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 They have, this house. House. They have your, this house. What's your favorite
3: uh, doctor TV drama of all time? House. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think we should just have a little bell that goes off when it, when he goes pure Canada.
10: Okay, ding. Yeah, so, so, like, yeah, they got these houses in, like, Detroit, eh? And they recorded all these good tunes <laughs> there. And it was, it was a beautiful uh, way to go. Yeah, yeah. So, See, now I you're expected. a little more this northern is- Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs>
2: all ties in with uh, Shout Out Loudcast because they they tweeted it out, you know, just like all basically every Kiss-related show is required to do. You have to share this now with the world and say, ah, here's Peter. This is awesome. And and so I, I replied with comments similar to what I just said. I think I said something along the lines of, uh, you wouldn't see, you know, Phil Collins or Don Henley or even fucking Brett Michaels doing this.
11: I do want to address one asshole who's a friend of ours, so of course he's an asshole. <laughs> Um, and that's Baco from the Cobras and Fire podcast. We've yeah, been ba- on recently. Go after um, him. He put on that this was embarrassing. An old man doing karaoke? If it's my dad, okay. But a storied musician? This only cements the idea that he's dumb and clueless when it comes to music. You'll never see Don Henley, Phil Collins, or even Brett Michaels share something this bad. First of all, <laughs> Phil Collins, <laughs> Don Henley... And Brett Michaels, the Where's Brett Mi- Bret Michaels, fit into that because
2: Brett Michaels is known to do some really, really shitty stuff. The
11: Brett Michaels
2: thing threw me for a loop because I'm like, okay, Phil Collins, Don Henley, they're both vocalists, they're both drummers. The Brett Michaels thing, what are you doing? Because Brett Michaels is known to do some really, really shitty stuff. Phil
11: Collins with his Phil Collins and Genesis catalog, yeah, maybe a top ten selling artist of all time. Don Henley and the Eagles are definitely a top ten. Tensa. Correct. Where the fuck does Brett Michaels fit well, into that? Because Brett Michaels is known to do some really, really shitty stuff. But I think that was his point. I think he was trying to say that not even someone as horrible as Brett Michaels. I don't know. I hope that's where he's going. But regardless, why the fuck would you take the time to write on my shit that this is embarrassing? Okay, first of all, it's Baco. Yeah. He he He, he, he exists just to jab you poke you yeah. to, especially especially you because he knows you love peter <laughs> <laughs> but i just i you know and i love him honestly i like Baco; he's funny and stuff absolutely but i just got to give him shit back
2: right? on their la- on their one of their latest episodes uh zeus took offense to me now apparently peter chris is zeus's favorite member of kiss which is hmm. which is sad in its own own right but yeah uh Zeus just took a little bit of offense to it and, and kind of came at me pretty hard. Uh, now, for those who don't know, Zeus is a lawyer. Can he actually defend Peter Chris? <laughs> well, yeah. He, just- he, first of all, you know, look, he made a couple valid points. Like, Give him a fucking break. The guy's old, kind of, but he, he kind of supported my my whole post. It was like this, you know, this doesn't really need to be out there. This is not what I need as a Kiss fan. You know what I mean? I don't need to see. Look, Peter looked okay, he looked good for a man his age. All that stuff. It's good to see that that he's still out there. But I'd rather see him like just say, "Hey, everybody, it's Peter Chris," and maybe tell a story or something like that. Than just or you know what? Just sit and say, I, if he's saying this like while his wife cooked in, in the kitchen and there's no music, it would have been better. Uh, it, it would Then it might have been kind of endearing, but to, uh, to put his lips right in the microphone and just hear that just nasty karaoke sound, I don't know, something about it didn't rub it with me. But he also took me to task for my Kiss list, uh, the, where I rank every Kiss song from worst to best, right? Mm-hmm. And he said... That I had Boomerang in the top ten. <laughs> no, it, no, you
3: didn't.
1: Of
2: course I didn't. I didn't. That song is fucking shit. But I had to actually go back and look. Where the did? I, where the fuck did I have it? It. I had that very close to the top ten. Loose one ninety nine out of two hundred and nineteen. <laughs> that he was only off by hundred and ninety. So apparently it's not that hard to. I used to think getting to like being a lawyer. You always hear these stories like passing the bars super hard. <laughs> There must not be any math on the fucking bar. One ninety out of two ninety is not near the, or two nineteen is not near the top ten.
3: It's all about the decimal. He just moved it.
2: In uh, other related news, uh, they also had their own Hot in the Shade episode before. <laughs> it, <so. laughs> Are you kidding me?
3: Yeah. So apparently we stole, they stole it from them. Oh, they had theirs first. <laughs> yeah, they okay. were on there first. You go. <laughs> ah, it's, it's called the law of diminishing returns. What did you think about Zeus's? opening arguments and summation of his points though uh
2: i would have won that case uh i I uh, would have as they always say never defend yourself in court yeah i would say if zeus is the prosecuting attorney you're probably okay show is sebastian bach has his he's been very vocal on twitter he's anti-trump he uh uh he he has a lot of political ideas he wants to share right now but he also recently got into a bit of a twitter beef with i don't know we could call him a decent guy i mean I, I interviewed him for decibel geek uh tv uh chris jericho the uh the the wrestler known as jericho he is the frontman of fozzy um i'm not really sure how serious to take this considering uh, chris's chris jericho's wrestling background and and sebastian bach being a complete idiot but it basically all started with uh one person uh tweeting to sebastian bach some i don't know some jerk hole on twitter i can't i don't even have his name on the screen here but it says uh chris jericho is starting to look like sebastian bach and of course uh sebastian bach uh responds with
1: every single day for the last two or three years somebody tells
3: me this which so th- that was you know sebastian's twitter reply uh hey, I, I, I i i'm starting to see some connection between baco and bach i think it's maybe your alter ego is bach Ooh. dash o because you guys both go off on about shit on facebook sebastian baco sebastian baco yeah
2: yeah continue right. Uh, well, of course, after that, some other asshat on Twitter had to chime in. He says this time, this time, kind of coming at 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 Sebastian Baco. Oh, okay. Uh, and it said, uh, <laughs> "You party too much. Jericho has you beat." And of course, Sebastian Baco is not going to let that go. Uh
8: uh-uh. uh
1: He definitely does. Considering he mimes to a tape. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And yeah. of course of course
2: one other guy, just random dude. Now they're starting to get at, at 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 old Sebastian uh here a little bit. And he goes, you know he tours with his band, right? I've seen him live a couple times. He's not lip-syncing. Ooh. And that's where things get dirty because old Bago Baco, whatever we were gonna call
1: Sebastian <laughs> sure. here, he goes, Cool, let me see a clip of that, because every single clip I've seen is Millie Vanilli. <laughs>
2: And here comes Jericho.
8: I sing my ass ass off every night. Do you really want to go there, dude? Hi, I'm Chris Miller (laughs) Vanilla Jericho. I have five top 30 singles in the last five years with my band Fozzie. I'm a huge fan of Sebastian Bach who had three top 30 singles 30 years ago. I always admired him as a singer and a friend. And I still do. That's great, man. Is there a clip of you actually singing live? Because all I have
1: seen are clips of you miming to tape. Congrats (laughs) on the radio hits. And your hair
8: is certainly looking good these days. I've seen the derogatory comments towards (laughs) me from somebody I considered to be a friend. So with that in mind, I'm happy to have a singer for Sebastian Bach. No effects. No turning. No bullshit. Bass is a great singer, but I'm better. You got my number, dude. Call me. Where is the derogatory comment?
1: <laughs> All I ask is to see one single clip of you singing live. Every clip on the internet is you miming to a tape. I will sing in your fucking face anytime. Wrestling is not rock and roll. I will show you fucking rock and roll.
8: I've never mimed anything ever. I will fucking sing in your face anytime, time, any place, dude. I've been a fan and a defender of you since day one. But don't question my rock abilities and leave wrestling out of this. I can hit a G4,
1: bro. It's amazing. You regurgitate my own tweet about copying me in your own tweet. It's like the exact same tweet. Stop. The train is right
6: where you live when we were school kids hey the rails are caught now and I
2: Let's lighten it up a little bit. I think uh, we, we've uh, gotten serious enough for the listeners. There's plenty of COVID information out there. I, I, by the way, I, I, I joke, but I really appreciate your candor and, and, and sharing your thoughts on all that stuff. We do kind of get into the business stuff a lot on this show, and it, it's, it's something that we at least we find fun to talk about. But I'd like to circle back on something that you mentioned a little while ago because one of the things I did wonder is like what what someone in your position does to keep busy uh, when they're not doing Little Caesar because you know Little Caesar isn't probably a full time job at this, this stage of your life, but you have a ranch.
0: Yeah, no, I mean this is Little Caesar. We learned years ago to turn it into a spiritual journey. You know, one of the spirit, not one of the wallet. So we we work our careers and lives around the touring schedule that we do and which opens up for us to be more of, you know, if we make money, great. If we break even, great. If we lose money, ah, shit, that sucked. But we don't – this is not what we count on to pay the mortgages. But for me, you know, I never thought I'd be an avocado rancher and run a horse ranch and build a horse ranch. That's
2: back of – av- You have av- You're an avocado farmer?
0: Yes, I, I have Shut 1200 avocado up. trees. I do, man. I grow fucking avocados, and the crazy thing is that I don't even like avocados. <laughs> I mean, I've grown avocados for four years. They take out semis full of these things. I've never even eaten one of them. So-
2: <laughs> oh my god! Well, you, you, yeah. how do I tell if an avocado is ready at a grocery store? <laughs> <I wonder> about- <laughs> I, I,
0: you know what? Ask somebody who gives a fuck. I-, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I have a consultancy with mission avocados, a big huge, they come out and they look at my trees, they go, eh, we'll be out in two weeks to come pick them. It's like, okay, great. In the meantime, I, I've gotten good at the fertilizing. I've gotten good at pest, mm-hmm. pest abatement. I've gotten good at all that. Other than that,
2: I didn't I even feel, know pest abatement was a thing.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, we have these things called thrips, which is a parasite that attacks the leaf of the avocado tree. Mm. And, Uh, I just coming out of my mouth is a voice inside my head going, how did you get this place in your life? How did you get here? Uh, You know, I thought I'd be building motorcycles and cars, which I did uh, for a while. That was all fun. But, you know, it just got to the point where we were uh, real quick,
2: Ron. I get that same voice anytime I'm in Bed Bath and Beyond with my wife
0: Uh uh-huh bed bath and bankrupt i'm the same way there's a part of me where my skin is crawling feeling like i like what the fuck did i do that end up here exactly like i'm a traitor to my code. you know it's like i hope nobody gets a picture of me standing by the espresso machines and with my wife asking me do you like this color of towel or this color i'm like i don't give a fuck the pain is real
5: (laughs)
3: been good for five and a half years just keep it
2: going all right well yeah i did have something that i thought i'd share with you and the listeners uh Please. A, a little off topic but we, we we venture this way once in a while um there is a town just about an hour north of of where i live here called stillwater minnesota it's uh it's kind mm-hmm. of a quaint little uh city i guess it's known for two things uh it's prison and antiquing <laughs> Um, so, it, 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 it's actually kind of a nice little getaway. There's about a uh, I don't know five block stretch downtown along the river. They have a lift bridge down there, and it's a bunch of antique stores and actually some amazing food. A lot of great local uh, local restaurants. You know, you're not going to find a Chili's or anything like that down in this area. Um, so the wife, a couple times a year, the wife and I will, will just go up there just to kind of kill some time, spend some time together, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it's also a fairly cheap date, depending on what uh, kind of shit I might stumble across in an antique store. But for the most part, you know, it's just a, a, a way to, to spend a You know, exp- if the weather's nice, you get to be outside and all that stuff, all that good kind of crap. But also the food's great.
3: By antiquing, do you mean that you might go home with a VHS copy of Wanted, Dead or Alive? <laughs> <laughs> uh, beta. Beta. (laughs) Oh, okay. I didn't know what kind of antiquing you're speaking of either Uh, flea market or actual antiquing. Antiquing. So,
2: yeah, well, these are antique stores. I mean, it's not like a flea market. No, there's uh, probably a good dozen stores, but yeah, that's the kind of crap I come home with. Those are beer glasses or I don't know. My, you know, I find vinyl there. You know what I mean? Uh, So, okay, okay. um, That's cool. Continue, please. Anyway. One of the the perks of going and doing this isn't just spending time with my lovely wife, is that like I you, there's like zero chance you're gonna run into Nazis. <laughs> kind of a, a perk, you know what I mean?
7: <laughs> um, sure,
2: I right, mean, yeah. We were there a couple weekends ago, and there are fucking Nazis just <laughs> roaming around. You know this little. Like I said, it's like it's literally five blocks of old white people walking around, shopping and and eating, and and then out of nowhere, there's this group of uh, biker gang uh, with Aryan Nation and little Nazi symbols on their stuff, and they're just Jesus. You know, just chilling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, just the juxtaposition of that was like, what the fuck? You think if anything, uh, first of all. Who wants to be a Nazi? I mean, I like did you guys get they got the wrong message in history class? I'm not sure where they went, but <laughs> my lord, I, what there's like you know kids and these guys are just look window shopping
3: as they stroll down main street still water. I'm trying to visualize this though. So, so so you you instantly see like nothing but like uh, i'm I'm just imagining. Um, Sons of Anarchy with shaved heads and, yeah. and Nazi symbols, or wh- how do you immediately spot on? It
2: looked exactly like like we're, you're watching Sons of Anarchy, but yeah, they're all like the shaved heads ones. Well, you know, here let me paint the picture for you. We, we were on the patio, uh, kind of overlooking the river, you know, enjoying I uh, I don't know a midday lunch. You know, I think I, I was thinking I was getting, I had uh, a salmon patty on uh, ciabatta bun with a, a great. Uh, <laughs> Okay, sauce on it um that, and then yeah. you're know, just kind of looking out enjoying the sun you know and here comes some nazis
3: <laughs> you know there's nothing better than having a nice uh uh that, that sandwich you described it's perfect for nazi watching <laughs> like, uh, like bird like like bird watching you're sitting there and you're just like watching uh how they i don't oh. know how how they associate and how they how they socialize and uh, and how they antique. I mean, yeah. Nazis. Nazis need love antiquing too, right? All
2: right. I mean, you know, they have. They're out there. They're just minding their own business, just sharing their Nazism with everybody around them. Uh, now there is a store. That has an old Nazi flag that I've I've seen there. It's been there pretty much since we started going. It's like four grand, and it's supposedly one that actually flew in Germany, okay, uh, during yeah. during World War Two. So maybe it's that. Like one of these Nazis just comes every week and, and like looks at this Nazi uh, uh, memorabilia and has just like been saving up and wants to make sure nobody bought it while they were. It's like they just go look at the glass and it's just like
1: 50, 50 more sleeps in you're mine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Last time we talked, we were get, got into a little bit about Great White uh, playing that concert in the middle of nowhere um, and getting some shit because of, you know, wasn't a lot of social distancing going on there. There wasn't people wearing masks. Well, Mitch Malloy has strike back, baby. He has not apologized for anything, according to him. Did you see this? kind of I mean I looked at it
3: and and, uh, uh, I couldn't completely read it of course because of the shine from his teeth as usual (laughs) continue
2: well he leads with fake news I told you once the the truth came out something like that we you know we would be vindicated and he has this super grainy like this thing was zoomed in 400 times of three (laughs) people next to each other wearing a mask there it is people suck it they were wearing matt, yeah, those fucking three people were, and look, I don't care where you stand on this kind of stuff. that is not conclusive evidence to to prove any but it doesn't prove anything, doesn't prove anything wrong and watch the coverage of the video footage there's plenty of it out there, Mitch
11: oh, weren't you that guy in Van Halen? I get asked that a lot,
2: you know, maybe the like you said it's the glean of his own teeth blinds him a little bit, but uh. <laughs> I mean- I mean, seriously, how many hours did he spend <laughs> scoping through all this video just to find these random three people who happen to be wearing a mask? And and you, I can't even tell if they're people. It's so grainy. You know, <laughs> so those might be masks. I don't know. Um, but he he commented a little bit further, and I think uh, we should at least touch on it because we, we got into that. I like anything,
3: any, any kind of quotes from from Mitch Beloy are always welcome on the show. Well, he was in Van Halen, you know.
11: No, weren't you that guy in Van Halen? I get asked
3: that a lot. <laughs> I know. That's why we have That's what I mean. Every, everything he says is, is relevant. Mitch Malloy is a hero of mine. He's not a person that, that sits around and waits for history to be written about him.
11: He makes this I don't want to be known as the, the crazy guy who goes around saying he's in Van Halen. Well,
2: in a sense, deleted post. I uh, can't imagine why he pulled it down, since he's a man of conviction. Uh, and he was in Van Halen. Sure. Uh, he shows that yes, picture. He, uh, he shared that that, that grainy ass photo I talked about. And he said, Front Row Great White Show at First on First. That was the name of the event. Uh, in mm-hmm. my hometown of Dickinson, North Dakota. So apparently this is his, his, where he grew up. Um, But uh, it's also, by the way, the birthplace of Van Halen. Um, Fake news said no masks, no social distancing. I kept saying otherwise, and this picture proves my point. I never apologize and never will. It was an awesome gig at my Good Buddies Festival for my hometown crowd. First of all, in this picture, the the three women that, that are wearing the masks are conveniently cropped to not show any of the heads right behind them and i see nine total bodies in this photo there's zero so uh, social distancing again i don't care where you stand on this if you're some nut that thinks this is all bullshit and a hoax fine but this is his point his point is they wore masks and they social distancing i've seen the video footage i I, we caught talked about it go back to our last episode we we get into it a little bit they might have been fucking Power tapping the, off the same keg all night. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. Sure. Just shut up. You know what I mean? I thought the initial apology from G- Great White just made it worse. And this really does. It's just, just shut your fucking mouth. I don't understand why you feel you need to keep going on about this. You're just Mitch Malloy from Dickinson, North Dakota. It's not like you're Stevie Nicks. Jesus, man, no one gives a fuck. You literally Listen, no. people cared about as long as it took for them to pretend to be outraged on social media and then carried on with their life. Mitch, you should have just let this go. Cause now I'm um now I'm actually mad at you. Now I don't like your teeth anymore. I hope they fall out. <laughs>
3: Well, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's funny. I think you're right, though. He did crop this, uh, yeah. very tight, right? I mean, well, look at that. I mean, but that, but the, the funny thing about this is is that you can easily—that's what I'm talking about. Like selective. You talk about fake news or, or like slanting the story because on the original video you can see a whole line of of antiquing Nazis wearing masks <laughs> in, in 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 the video. And he which could have helped him. But then, of course, because they're na- Nazis, he cut them out. I mean, do the full full story. Right.
2: Uh, no. N- next week, uh, Mitch is going to find the one black person in the crowd and say, see, I'm not racist. <laughs> exactly. You see,
3: Yeah. I do have a black fan. Yeah. Right. Jesus. Yeah.
2: That's kind of the equivalent. It's probably a little that's probably a little nastier. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm definitely not accusing Mitch of any racist comments. I'm not aware of any, anyway. Uh, no. I'm making a joke, with, not an actual with,
3: observation. W- yeah. But but with that said, I mean, uh, his teeth are very white. Mm, almost too white, you know what I mean?
8: <laughs> almost, that's what I mean. <laughs>
2: Spotify made a, a bit of uh, a splash in the headlines recently, Luce. Did you happen to see this? I think I shared it with you. Well, I, I, you know,
3: it's one of your 1,000 posts, so I believe I remember it. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm surprised you haven't resent it to me in a private message and saying, "Did you should check this out, dude. They have a CEO, um, his name is Daniel Eck, and he, mm. the, the headline here is, artists can't record music every three or four years and think that's going to be enough. Yeah. Um, now, we've talked quite a bit about how uh, streaming has really ushered in a, a new wave of wealth for the services and for the labels, but not for the artists. And um, that, that there doesn't seem to be any effort for anybody to rectify that. And I think a, co- a comment like this just shows you the mindset and short-sightedness of some of this stuff. Now, but to be devil's advocate, I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little bit about what his point is. He's basically saying... You need to have more content out there, more content equals more streams, more streams equals more money. So on the face, what he's saying isn't that that big a deal. But when we were recording the the, the first Jesus Christ, record, actually the first three were all done pretty much in the same studio in the same way with roughly the same budget. And we were not doing any cover sh- gigs, you know, like playing cover tunes. We were only doing original stuff, which means we made no money. Any money we ever made in a, on a, doing doing the original stuff uh, didn't even cover the, the the cost to do the actual show. Um, so, you know, we were basically working to pay for recording time. So we had to factor in a lot of stuff. You know, we ended up going with a studio that, that charged $30 an hour, which even at that time was really cheap. And you kind of get what you pay for is all I'm getting there. What, what we got in exchange was more time. We wanted to get more product out there. But even for me, I can tell you, uh, when you're sitting there, and even it's my first experience, rather than being blown away by, wow, I'm in a studio behind a board. Like We've got the glass. There's a vocal booth, all this stuff set up. And, and I enjoyed the process, and I learned a lot. But at the, at the same time, I, I was frustrated pretty much the entire time that I couldn't do what I wanted to, and largely because of time and money. I can tell you that one of the reasons I built my own little studio in my basement was largely to control that aspect. I can't imagine being somebody on, on, on a higher end that, that's actually you know got some money behind them or a label or any type of thing. And then and still happen to like feel like, well, I, I only have a little bit of time to do this because then I have to go out on the road and I got a tour and I got a tour and a tour and I got to give a bit of my money to this prick, to this prick and this prick. And all this time, these people are getting wealthy off the backs of the product that, that, that's making them wealthy. And so when this little shit fucking comes out and says something like that, it's like I'm I'm just fucking sick of the smugness. You know what I mean? Hide behind the fucking curtain. Keep your fucking mouth shut. Be happy that you're getting as fat off the, 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 the talent that you don't have. And go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? I, I really just, I want to fucking dump a big old steamy piece of shit down this guy's throat.
12: I
4: thought love was only true and tale.
6: For someone else, but not for me Our love was out to get me now That's the way it seemed Disappointment haunted all my dreams and Then I saw her face
4: Now I'm a believer I heard trace of doubt in my mind I'm in love
13: The pandemic has caused us to slow down a little bit. Right. But that was always the plan, was the releases. Our plan was to release a song every 10 days until the album was out. Gotcha. Uh, with a video. And we were on schedule. Man, we were on schedule. I was like, I love schedules. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we were on schedule, and then bam, everything shut down. It was just like, not only did it hurt the schedule, but it you know, mentally, it was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, it was really, really scary it, not that it's not scary now, um, but it was really, really scary at first. Like, holy right. shit. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to know a lot of people that are not here anymore. Um, right. I do know people that are not here anymore. Um, so it does piss me off when people say this is a big hoax. Um, I, I
3: don't understand that either. I know at least five people, uh, that are, uh, they, personally, they got over it, but it's like, okay, um. Everything's political these days, right? We're not going to get into that, but it's ridiculous.
13: Yes, We can. We can get into it. It's like, and I understand, you know, it's like I'm empathetic to, to people that, that feel like it's a hoax because it is new information and it is scary and it does feel like, well, what the fuck is happening? But, you know, at the same time, it's new information. When new information comes out, things change. And they're, and, and, and when there's a brand new virus and they're trying to figure out what's happening and they're trying to keep people from dying on a mass scale there's going to be mistakes, man. And there's going to be people that don't believe it. And there's going to be people... I mean, the whole thing with the internet of, you know, Hillary Clinton's eating children's adrenochrome and shit. It's like, what the fuck is... <laughs> that? My She's hungry. My girlfriend works in... Uh, she's an abuse uh, uh, domestic bi- violence abuse counselor she has a master's in uh, sexuality she knows about real sex trafficking she's worked with people that have come out of it she's she's done she's opened my eyes to a lot of things um and sex trafficking is real not israel <laughs> not no, not to i, do I heard stick. you I, I i can understand
3: the ant and aunt and i'm, I'm hearing you man <laughs> you're you're enunciating you're enunciating correctly
13: you know what I mean? Like this is a real thing, but they're taking the focus away from how it really works and what really happens. And and the main thing that people don't want to hear is sex trafficking happens because of poverty. People get into it a lot of times willingly because they're promised a better life or they're promised, you know, these things, and they get into these things willingly. Not that it, it was a good decision, but you know, they they. Because of you know maybe some a drug habit or maybe someone's manipulated them in, but the 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 concept that they're being stolen is very very rare. The reason these things are happening is because inequality in the system. Um, but people don't want to fucking talk about that. They want to they want to blow up this big thing that the boogeyman's coming in and stealing people at night and the satanic panic. That there's these rituals happening where they're eating children's adrenochrome and that somehow fucking tom hanks is a part of it It's ridiculous, and it's everywhere and it's like I, I would tell you if this stuff was true I would I would have stitched my own outfit like a super like a dark vigilante and went out and beat the fucking people to death um, I don't want it to be true and I and, and, but it's not true it's right. like With Pizzagate and all these things. These things were debunked easily when someone.
3: I forgot. I did know that one. Yes. Yeah.
13: When someone who actually knows how to do research and investigative journalism looked into it, it's bullshit. But, you know, you got the Internet and YouTube. Someone makes a YouTube video with some pretty fancy uh, graphics and says these things. And these people, you know, people believe it on a mass scale. It's fucking dangerous. Well, it takes away from what's actually happening. You know it takes away from sex trafficking is real um and and you know it's like we we glorize pimps that's a sex trafficker someone that you know what i mean we glorize pimps and and i remember t-shirts of pimps and hoes and all this shit just not long ago and stuff like that that that's a sex trafficker that is that is what it actually jeffrey epstein is what it actually looks like this glorified version uh you know what i mean this this outlandish version is taken away from what it actually fucking looks like and people don't want to look that in the fucking face because they could actually make a change for that
3: um well you know how about how about this then how about uh we make a stand stand marty and have tell people actually read the article not just the headline and the graphic
13: what do you think yeah absolutely and it's like these these videos and the fall of the cabal and all that shit i'm no you know i'm not oblivious to there's major corruption and major fucked up things. And I'm blown away by Chris Hansen's TV show and the amount of people that do want to do these fucked up things. Um And that are doing these fucked up things. Fuck what fuck, Tom Hanks got to pay for it for? He didn't do nothing. Or, you know, <laughs> you don't know the Tom Hanks story or he's in on it. And the largest... And they're they're harvesting children's adrenochrome, which is fucking bullshit. That doesn't work that way. Um, and they're eating it so they can have power And this satanic. It's insanity. It's like get off the internet. And when they say I've researched it, they go, um, I, "You maybe never taken it. You've never taken a college class where you have to cite three to five sources um, for your point, or you fail the fucking class because a YouTube video ain't ain't isn't that." Well, I'm definitely Googling Tom
3: Hanks after this call. Um, the, the, and, and then the other part is, I just have to say, can we at least, um, not to move on from, from, from the serious <laughs> things that you're <laughs> talking about. We
13: should about. move on. It's driving me nuts. We should move on.
3: <laughs> okay, but, but, that, but can we both agree, though, that the earth is flat? Can we at least do that? I don't think
13: it is.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I can't see why you think you belong to me. Tried to make you think or let you see one thing for yourself. Now you're off with someone else, and I'm alone. You see, I thought that I might keep you for my own But I guess I was wrong. Pay hey, me what you wanna do.
2: Maybe longer if I do as you know I'm a I'm a guy who likes to pretend to make movies so I have veganable and bro dragon both in development probably mm-hmm. in, in constant development well, I got a new one uh, coming out this one is um I think you're gonna like this one because you, you know you have kids this is geared for kids. Oh, good. So this is going to be like an animated kind of movie. Think uh, like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, or mm. or Ratatouille, something along those lines. And since all those movies have the exact same plot, my script is already written. Sure. I just got to got to drop in some new names and, and hire some celebrity voices. But it's called slow, or yeah, it's called Slow Your Roll, and it's about a roll of toilet paper that got um, bought up in all this like kind of pandemic panic when people were just mm. stockpiling way too much toilet paper? So now it's okay. just sitting in a pantry, you know, and it, it has all this time to think because there's so many rolls of toilet paper that are going to be get used before it. Well, this, <laughs> roll of, this roll of toilet paper has dreams. It wants, it aspires to have a life bigger than just being torn off in little chunks and shoved through someone's ass and flushed down a toilet, you know what I mean? Sure. This particular roll of toilet paper, she, it's a, it's a girl, going to be voiced by Maya Rudolph, she... <laughs> <laughs> There's a pick just randomly. She wants to be a Broadway dancer. But all of her toilet paper family and friends, they think she's foolish. She needs to stop dreaming and just do her job. You know what I mean? You are a roll of toilet paper. You are not a Broadway dancer. So um, there's going to be all sorts of you know ups and downs, and and there'll, there'll be you know uh, some kind of love connection along the way. It's it's going to be just a classic. Cut and
3: paste, kids' <laughs> <of that> movie. <laughs> but I, I like everything you're going with. But can I, can I give you a better title based on the plot? Yeah, what do you got? It's called Know Your Role.
2: Know Your Role. Oh, nice. Yeah. Actually, what do you think of that? Yeah. Um. We're 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 immediately changing the move the movie name to Know
3: Your Role. Ah, uh-huh. i mean uh Maya Rudolph. Great pick. I think that she'd be excellent as a as a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that that wasn't where I was going. But uh, sorry, Maya. But but no, I mean I I think there's my, my, I have a couple questions if I could throw them at you real quick. Yeah, would that's you mind? A, yeah, because no, no, I, no, I do find that's why I, I bring this that, up. I gotta I I need to be tested by by people like you. Sure. So I mean, first off, you've got the plot down. It sounds much better than. Um, it definitely sounds better than Frozen Two already. So just so you know, <laughs> yeah, Greg Troyan just pissed himself. <laughs> yeah, in a terrible movie. Yeah. But uh, so moving forward from that, my question is: is the toilet is is the toilet paper roll the entire roll, or is it just the center part, the cardboard part that's the actual uh, person? It's the whole roll. Yeah, the whole roll. Okay. All right. Um, and does it have a happy ending, or is it just is it, is it end, or is it or, you see what I'm saying there? You see what I mean? Maybe it gets but used the, to clean up a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> no, that's that's the sequel called Know Your Know Your Box or something like that. Kleenex, uh, Kleenex, yeah. but but, we're, but, guys, but it's called We're Out of Kleenex. Get the toilet paper. I, the sequel's already done. You mean, you got a Kleenex movie, and then you have a wet wipes for the, mm. for, the for the for the. But the but the third one. Yeah, is but never, hey, is maybe good.
2: the parents are like paper towel rolls, and that'll kind of give like you know they're larger, so you know. ooh, that's true. Taller,
3: wiser, but... uh, more worn down with life because they're more rough. Um, <laughs> uh but what, their cousins what about are kleenexes <laughs> their cousins are who kleenexes yeah oh the kleenexes yeah the and kleenexes. Then what about
2: like uh what else do you, were people
3: stockpiling that it's gonna be in this pantry with them um oh i know what it is also the people that that are like total like like uh rich pricks and think they have all the power are those uh clorox wipes Hey,
2: yeah, no shit.
3: How about like uh,
2: the the house that it's being stored in has like uh, like uh, an elderly person staying there as well. So there's like a box of adult diapers. That's like you think you got it bad, kid.
3: So like the, <laughs> the, the grandparents are the adult diapers. <laughs> I got to. I like that. They're they're filling up. And also you got like this the stoner guy It's just a Whole Foods bag. <laughs> It's some
2: fucking. Uh, it's a uh, it's it's uh, a, a roll of uh, uh, hemp paper toilet paper. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, that they, they tried once and they only used
3: a little bit and threw it back in the show. Do you realize that a, a Disney executive right now has just has just already pitched this?
12: <laughs> and Bleiger, is-
3: yeah, look for this on Disney Plus
2: in twenty twenty one. Sweet. Uh, Michael, it's becoming kind of an annual thing, So, and it's always fun to talk to you. Welcome back.
7: Well, thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure always talking to you as well, and an honor, and appreciate you taking the time to talk to me.
2: Well, of course, you got the new album out, but there is one thing um, that I really wanted to get your thoughts on before we get into too much of that stuff. Sure. Um, what do you think of the new Cardi B song?
7: <laughs> <laughs> well... I mean, you know, it's it's funny because I don't want to come across like a prude or, yeah. or someone that is closed-minded, <laughs> but you know, I just find it interesting how you know here we are in 2020 fighting for women's rights as we should be, and then you've got videos like that, <laughs> and I'll leave it. I'll leave it right there.
2: Rob, this has been a pleasure. Like I said, I, I managed to hammer through the book last night and you come off sincere. I think your story is not just interesting, but it's actually going to help a lot of people. And from a little quick personal story, I got my first Judas Priest cassette in Christmas 1985. There was a blizzard the next morning and I had a paper out to do. So, Defenders of the Faith will always be a snowy album to me. <laughs> great! Oh
8: my God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? What a great story, man. That's just cool. That's so cool. <laughs> That's the power of metal right there. Yeah. The power of
5: metal will get you through every blizzard, and your paper will be, good be delivered. <laughs> oh, I didn't
2: even think about it that way. Uh, but, hey, yeah. for me personally, <laughs> thank you for everything. I, I'm not just talking about this interview. I appreciate your time, but uh, you've, you've been there, you know, especially as a teenager when we're all dealing with, with gunk. You you were among those artists that I leaned on in during the dark times, so I appreciate it, Rob.
5: That's some great words that, that, that mean a lot to me. All the best, Jason. Stay safe.
6: having will see you in 2021. Take care. Bye-bye. Me with the floor show, kicking with your torso. Boys getting high and the girls even more so. Wave your hands if you're not with a man. Can I kick it?
4: Yes, you can.
6: I got, you got, we got everybody. I got the gift, gonna stick it in the goal. It's time to move it by day. Субтитры
1: Why don't you start
2: by basically by telling you why, how you came about in this, and like what, what? Just describe the whole fucking show, man.
12: All right, yeah. Uh, so, I run this little sketch comedy show. I'm the star. I'm uh, many characters. I'm the editor, director, distributor. It's really a one man show. Uh, it's called SIP TV. That stands for Shelter in Place Television. Uh, came about. I built a garage bar in my garage and we had the shelter in place order happened and these two kind of coincided and i thought to myself well i'm at home i should do some sort of telecasting out of this garage bar maybe uh not quite sure what i knew the idea was there and over time uh my dad recently passed, and I inherited this uh, kick-ass leather jacket from his undercover cop days. Nice. And, uh, wow. and, and my mom had this wig she wanted to get rid of. And <laughs> so this character <laughs> was spawned on, on the spot. Uh, you know, I was like, well, I got a character now. And I have this Lowenbrow beer sign hanging up in my garage bar. So I'm like, well, there's the name. What's his first name? And I thought about, you know, this guy could be French-Canadian, maybe. Maybe his name is Guy, but it's spelled Guy, kind of like Guy LaFontaine. Anyways, um, a big tr- <laughs> long story short, I had this idea about shelter-in-place television. And this character could be kind of the main star, so to speak. And so it's really this character, Guy Brow, and Bud, the proprietor of the garage bar, who has been ordered to shelter in place. So Bud cannot leave the garage, but Guy can. He comes and goes. So he very well may be this made-up character of Bud's that is able to leave and go do adventures, and Bud can vicariously live through this other made-up character.
3: All right. That, by the way, what you just described is more thought than we ever put into this it's, entire show It's kind
12: of like <laughs> David Lynch meets Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yeah. How about that? That's way of the road, boys. I was thinking a little like bit it. of,
3: uh,
2: uh, I don't know if Inception's the movie I'm thinking of. Uh, no, what's that Cusack movie? Uh,
12: oh, uh, John, being John Valkovich?
2: No, uh, the the one where he's a limo driver and then it turns out he's everybody in the movie. Sorry, I just ruined it. Uh,
12: <sighs> oh, is it a horror movie, Ken? Yeah,
2: kind of. Yeah, it's got uh, Tracy Lord's in it, I think. Uh, or is Good that
3: Lord. The... I'm sold. I don't remember this one. Can't think of
12: it at all. It's really good. Bad, but... Yeah,
2: I'll tell you what. Uh, you guys talk. I'm going to look that up. Okay. Well, that's... So you got the... Um... So,
12: yeah. So I've got... Uh, uh, I, I shot eight episodes in eight weeks. I came up with the idea, filmed the episode, edited it, get it out. Got it out. Sorry. And, uh, sure. In eight eight weeks two months time i think that's pretty productive mm-hmm. so then i ended it took a break and thought about how can i make season two how can i make it more engaging how can i have a bigger story arc uh try to kind of promote it more so here i am thanks for having me on your show just uh kind of do-it-yourself television and just trying yeah. to gain interest or following from anyone who uh is into that sort of stuff. It's really fun. I have fun with it. It's more sketch comedy kind of type stuff that I do all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as I'm entertaining myself, I, I, I'm winning, I guess.
2: Uh, I think the yeah. editing is actually really impressive. It's, you know, yeah, it, it comes across really slick. Um, uh, the movie, by the way, is I- called Identity. And all apologies to, to Rebecca De Mornay. It is not Tracy Lords in the movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, you
3: know. Oh my God. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they say-
11: Ted, Nug- yes. Ted
2: Nugent was on something called the Blunt Force Podcast or the Blunt the Blunt Force Truth Podcast. I want to say it right? Uh, and mm-hmm. they were asking about a taping he did for Sammy Hagar's Rock and Roll Road Trip show on Access TV. Um, and Nugent says like the producers wouldn't let uh, Sammy near him other than when they were filming. And uh, okay. th- this is Nugent's word. He uh, said. They thought I was dangerous, that I'd come out with a machine gun or I'd slaughter an innocent fawn on television. So I said to the producers, I said to Sammy, your producers were afraid of me, but they did a show with Tommy Lee, who's a convicted felon, domestic violence, heroin addict. They're okay with this guy, but not the Nude. Camp for Kids charity, teaching kids to be clean and sober. So, yeah, Ted, Ted makes these comments, the headline goes out, and then one morning his wife or his son comes over and reads it to him. Uh, and so, so Tommy, <laughs> Tommy took to Twitter, or, you know, he handed his wife at the phone and said, type this. Uh, um, <laughs> well, we're not yes, nice to anybody right, right now. Uh,
4: so no, he, not, bananas. bananas. He tweeted
2: out, and I love the fact that everything is handled through Twitter now. Ted Nugent, mm-hmm. is that guy even still alive? I thought he shot himself like 20 years ago. <laughs> Ooh. And I, they throw it, <laughs> they throw in here. He added a few middle finger and crying while laughing emojis for good measure. Uh, I love it when we're at the point now where a news story actually describes the the emojis somebody used in a tweet. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh.
3: All right. What's what's uh, who's Bro. starting? So what so what happens? We uh, are they just on? Are they just 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 them twittering back and forth?
2: Well, no. I think basically Nick Cannon comes out and uh, sets the stage, and uh, you know <laughs> it's kind of like a celebrity death match thing. So, uh, oh, okay. so to paint the picture for the listener, we're going to have uh, imagine Tommy and and Ted basically standing about well at least six feet apart. Uh, 2020 mm-hmm. 20 people. Uh, and then they're just basically each given a turn to go back and forth. And at the end, why don't you and I give our own uh, rating on who won? And the, the the listeners can chime in in the comments. Uh, let us know who you think won the, the the Yo Mama smack off between the Nuge and Lee. Okay. All right. So I don't know. Uh, who goes first? Uh,
3: maybe Nuge because he fired the first shot. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Let me let me see if I can uh, just warm warm it up here. Okay. here I probably have to do one. Okay, no, bro. But... Eee, Tommy, this here's a doge Your mama's so dumb She says it takes two to tango
1: She forgot about wango That's at least three.
2: Oh yeah, Ted You know what, bro? Your mama's so fat I had to give her three backstage passes
8: Tommy, your mama's so fat blood type is Crisco.
2: Your mom is so dumb she listens to Ted Nugent.
4: Oh yeah? Tommy, your mom is so dumb she listens
11: to Ted Nugent.
2: You know what, bro? Your mom's so hairy, you probably have a license to hunt her.
8: Your mom
1: is so dumb, she got fired for throwing away the W's at the M&M factory.
2: Your mom is so fat, Vince can hide behind her.
1: so dumb she graduated high school the same year you dropped out
2: your mom's a whore